This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. Pittsburgh Steelers fans, this is Behind the Steel Curtain Editor Dave Schofield coming at you again on Sunday morning. It's game day this time, and this is my last-minute thoughts on the Pittsburgh Steelers traveling to Atlanta to face the Falcons at 1 p.m. at Mercedes-Benz Stadium. Yes, I'm pretty sure that's what it is that I got to write this time. All right, let's dive into this matchup. This is the Pittsburgh Steelers heading on the road for back-to-back weeks, playing in a dome in back-to-back weeks. Now let's see if the Pittsburgh Steelers can get a win in back-to-back weeks. There's some similar things from last game to this game that really could shake up um, in into a similar feeling. First thing I got to say is if you're looking for information on whether or not you're going to get the game, it is on CBS um, I'll be honest with you. The, I, when I looked it up, the announcers didn't even recognize their names. Um, when they, they didn't even list someone as a sideline reporter, this is a game priority wise that is way down on the list and outside of the Louisiana and Western PA area. This game is not going to be shown in a lot of places, but if you're curious, if you do get the game, you can, well, I said Louisiana, it's in Georgia, but it actually goes all the way over to Louisiana. Cause I, the reason I say that is because of one of our regulars on our live chats, um, who is, who's traveling to new Orleans for, and is there this weekend is saying, Hey, I get the game. So that's why I know it was there. And um, I mean, I know maybe I got a little bit ahead of myself. The Steelers already played the, the Saints in Pittsburgh, but I knew it was in Louisiana, in Georgia, Mississippi. That area down there is the main place where this game's going to be shown if you're one of those fans down there. If you're somewhere else and you don't have access to Sunday Ticket or something else, uh, you can you can check out that map. I'm pretty sure it runs about 730 uh, on the website, so by the time you're listening to this, it might already be there. You can check out the coverage map. If it's not there, you can always go back and check out my How to Watch article from Friday about some various different ways you could, you could try to catch the game. Um, but th- this one isn't an easy one for Steelers fans to see. Whew, yeah, but it doesn't mean that it's not a good one and it's not important. All right, weather. Yeah, it doesn't matter. <laughs> it doesn't matter because the Steelers are playing in a dumb. I, I still gave a link to the weather um, on, on the How to Watch article simply because maybe you're someone who's going to this game and maybe the weather will impact you. I didn't even check. I know it's not supposed to be snowing in Atlanta um, on Sunday. So that way, hopefully, you know, the only thing that could hold anything back would be rain. And it's all about travel to and from the stadium. Isn't going to affect the play 
on the field, uh, the weather at all, saying that they're playing in a dome. So let's dive into this. Let's dive into the betting line. My goodness, this was all over the place. The Steelers were a point and a half underdog when DraftKings released their their um their their weekly odds. What Sunday evening, I think it was that they did it. Oh, uh, is when they usually do that. But the Steelers didn't even play until Monday. Well, the Steelers were a point and a half underdogs. Then the Steelers played Monday night, comes out Tuesday morning, changes to the Steelers being a point favorite. I saw it go as far as the Steelers being a point and a half favorite. Then it goes the other direction. Goes the other direction. The Steelers are now underdogs again. I prefer that. I like it. They are one-point underdogs to the Falcons. So this is very similar to last week when the Steelers played on Monday Night Football, that they were that they're underdogs on the road, but not even by as much as what you would expect as the home advantage, which is generally um, understood to be three points. So it, it means that the, although the Steelers might be underdog, it's re- dogs. It's really only because they are the road team. But you got to remember when the Pittsburgh Steelers are on the road, and you want to talk about crowd. Is it really a road game, the way the Steelers travel? I mean, I know that the that the stats came out right when the game started. It was like it was according to the to the to the places that sell the secondhand tickets and where the address would be or things of that nature. Um, that that there was over forty percent Steelers fans on Monday night in Indianapolis. It'll be interesting to see Atlanta because for those fans in the south of the Steelers, there's a lot of fans in the south of the Pittsburgh Steelers. People that lived in Pittsburgh, moved south as they got older, retired, or moved away for work, things of that nature. This is the this is one of the the closer games. I mean, some maybe some uh, way wanted to travel way down to Miami. Not, not so much. This is kind of like in the preseason when the Steelers went to Jacksonville, that that's a popular area where Steelers fans would flock to. I think both Atlanta and Carolina are places that are going to draw in a lot of Steelers fans, especially you know being an NFC team play, facing an AFC team. So I don't even know that that's going to be as big as a factor. Well, I have to, I have to do it. I didn't finish the line. The over-under for this game is now at 43. I think it was 42 and a half. Now it's at 43. Uh, we'll we'll see how this goes. It's you know higher than last week. Uh, it's not that Atlanta, Atlanta is the opposite offensive wise as as the Colts. Jeff Hartman mentioned this that that the the Colts would move the ball but not score many points, where Atlanta doesn't get a lot of yards offensively, but they score more points. So that's going to be a little bit different for the Steelers to to be looking at, um, and and so we'll we'll look at some of that stuff here in just a moment because before we do that we need to see how these rosters are shaping up for Sunday. So let's double check the final injury report and the four p.m. updates from Saturday. The Steelers injury report. I'm not even going to worry about players that are listed as as that they could play. People like Najee Harris. Still kind of scratching my head over that one. Najee Harris didn't practice for two days, limited on Friday, no injury status. Jalen Warren was a full participant for three days, listed as questionable. He is not the only one listed as questionable. T.J. Watt, limited participant, three days, listed as questionable. Akella Witherspoon was ruled out, but that 
is not even a concern anymore based on the um, Saturday 4 p.m. changes. Before we get to the quote-unquote 4 p.m., because that was the deadline, uh, roster moves, I I do want to say that uh, the Steelers added a player to the injury report early on Saturday. I guess it was during their walkthrough. They added outside linebacker Malik Reed with a back and have him questionable. So that's three questionable players. Two of them are outside linebackers in T.J. Watt and Jalen Warren. Now, the Steelers don't carry an extra outside linebacker on the team, meaning when I say extra, to me, when you have an extra, it's that you have a player that's going to be inactive each week if everyone's healthy. The Steelers are carrying an extra inside linebacker because Mark Robinson has been inactive all but two games because only when they're when well, last week it was because an, an inside linebacker Robert Spillane missed. The other week that, that he played, it's just because so many players were unavailable at other positions. They had another helmet, and he got it. Um, quarterback Mason Ross been inactive every game. Offensive line Kedrick Green has been in, inactive every game. Those are extra positions that the Steelers have. Anymore, it's cornerback because the last couple of weeks it's been Josh Jackson. Even though Akella Witherspoon was already ruled out, that the Steelers have been going with the extra safety rather than the extra cornerback. Now, it doesn't change anything with with those being extra players. But my point is, with no extra outside linebacker and two of them questionable. If the Steelers believed either one of them weren't going to be available, they would have added someone from the practice squad. Same with running back. The Steelers would not go into this game with only two running backs if they believed that that uh, Jalen Warren was not going to be available. They would have elevated Anthony McFarland again. They did not. So to me, that tells me Jalen Warren's going to play. Now, you could argue that the other roster move that the Steelers made at 4 p.m., could alleviate some things outside linebacker because what happened is the Steelers placed Akello Witherspoon on injured reserve. He is out four games. He can't come back until week 17. This would have been his fourth game since the last time he played. Before that, he had missed four games in a row. This is another one of those things of like, why was this guy not put on IR sooner? Only so he could come back sooner. The last thing you want to hear is that Witherspoon's fine and ready to come back, and he can't because he has to spend four weeks on IR when they could have put him on there sooner. But what they ultimately did is they put him on IR when they brought back DeMarvin Leal. He is back on the 53-man roster. The Steelers didn't have to do it until Wednesday because that would have been the end of his 21-day window. But uh, he's ready to go. So Leal is back. Now, I assume that the fact that they made the move, they'll have him active. Um, I think most likely um, if if – all the questionable guys are good to go. It's probably going to be Isaiah Loudermilk that's inactive. That's who was inactive when Marvin Leal was active for the first five games. And Loudermilk missed the last two days of practice this week for uh, for a personal matter. So it would kind of make sense. But that might be getting the cart before the horse. So you could say that maybe DeMarvin Leal, because he plays defensive interior, but also took some snaps on the outside in some of the things that the Steelers were doing before he landed on IR, So that w- and that was right before week six, that you could say, well, he could maybe alleviate a little bit of outside linebacker. Well, that only really handles one. There's no way, w- because the Steelers didn't bring up another outside linebacker, and I think the only one they had was David Anene, is the only one they could have brought up. That To me, that tells me that most likely w- either T.J. Watt 
or Malik Reed, and more than likely both of them will be good to go when it comes time for the to release the inactive list. The only question is if either one of them may be limited in their snaps. You know, I still say I call it the Miles Jack treatment. That's what happened to him in week nine. He was active. They just didn't play him because they didn't have to. He was coming off the injury. So they they simply didn't play him, but had him ready to where they would have played him if he, they really needed to, but it was better to give him the rest. So could you see that with TJ Watt? I think if TJ Watt dresses, he plays some. The only question is if the Steelers really cut back his number of snaps. Um, same could be with Jalen Warren and, and all that. Why? Well, that's a lot that I just talked about with the Steelers roster. Let's hit up the Falcons real quick. They had three players who were questionable on Friday. Um, it was outside linebacker. Oh, this I'm going to butcher this so bad. Arnold Ibik Etai. <laughs> I have no idea if that's right. With a forearm, defensive lineman Jalen Dalton with a toe, and offensive lineman Chuma Adoga with a knee. They were all questionable. Now, the Falcons did elevate two players from the practice squad. The two players that they elevated were Quinton Bell. Now, they didn't say it when they tweeted it, but I had to go in and look it up. Quinton Bell was an outside linebacker. And the other player that they elevated was Jonathan Harrison, who is an offensive lineman. So the fact that this that the that the Falcons had two players, you know, an outside linebacker questionable and an offensive lineman questionable. Now, does that mean those those two players aren't going to play? Probably, but maybe if they're good to go, then the players they elevated, they just had there just in case, and then they don't actually have them active on game day. We'll have to wait and see later today, whenever the inactives come out. So those were the moves. With, with everything going on with the Steelers and Falcons, we're going to take a quick break because we're really far into the show. We'll go ahead and take the break now, and then when we come back, we'll, we'll look at some of these things to look for and X-Factors and things of that nature in the second half. So stick around. We'll be right back after these messages. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. And we are back, Pittsburgh Steelers fans. Let's wrap up these last-minute thoughts as the Steelers prepare to take on the Falcons. First, we, we, we've we hit the, the roster stuff. We're hoping T.J. Watt can play. We're hoping Jalen Warren's available. Um, maybe Jalen Warren's the third option. Maybe Benny Snell gets more carries this week. Uh, not sure, although Jalen Warren said he was fine and good to go. We'll, we'll see. T.J. Watt seemed fine. We'll see. The Atlanta Falcons. All right, now the Atlanta Falcons – they are. They have not had their bye week yet. After they play the Steelers this week, they go on bye. I think this is a very key game for quarterback Marcus Mariota. This might be me as a non-Falcons person looking from the outside in. The Falcons have Desmond Ritter that they drafted this year. If the Falcons are 5-7 and seven right now, and they're like, well, maybe they're going to give Ritter a shot. They have their bye week coming up. This game is going to be big. Right now, the Falcons or a half game out of the NFC South lead. You heard me. At 5-7, and seven, they are a half game out. They have the same number of wins as Tampa, 
but Tampa's already had their bye. So they're five and six. Atlanta's five and seven. To me, if you go into the bye at five and eight, it's way different than six and seven. If you go in at five and eight, losing this game to the Steelers, if you're the Falcons, you might want to consider if you want to see what the what the rookie quarterback, if you think he's ready, if you think you might want to make a change, especially depending on how things play out later today. So that's something to look at with the Falcons. They could be a team on the cusp of a quarterback change based on the on the outcome of this game. I might be way off there. All I know is that if this was the Steelers and they were heading into their bye week and they hadn't played Kenny Pickett yet, the outcome of that game going into that bye might have been a really big determining factor whether or not you would see him or not. So that's something to remember with Atlanta. So I don't know if Mar- Mariota's feeling that or not. He might he, that that could be a factor in the game. It could be good for the Seals. It could be bad. It could be he feels like there's the pressure and he steps up. It could be that he feels like there's pressure and he doesn't. I don't know if there's anything like that going on. I just want to mention that the Falcons, even though they're five and seven, they are still right there at that NFC South because they're ahead of Carolina at four and eight. They're ahead of New Orleans at four and eight. But that doesn't mean that they'll stay there. Now, when you look at the Steelers, The Steelers pretty much have to start stacking wins like crazy if they want to stay in any kind of postseason discussion. I don't even want to talk about that word, that P word, because I'm not I'm not worried about what the Steelers right now. What I want to see is progression every week, hoping that they win each week as they go. Because right now it could be overwhelming to say, you know what, the Steelers pretty much need to win out, maybe could lose one game to have a shot at at, at making the postseason. But if they're not playing well, then why? Th- then what's the point? But if the Steelers start getting on a roll and can do that to get there because they're a team on the rise, that's a whole different story. That's the exact opposite of 2020 when the Steelers were a team on the de- on the decline and limped in playing basically one good half of football to pull off a win against the Colts and make it in, and that was it. So that's not what you want to see. So for those of you out there that you're, that you're the eternal optimist, you always want to feel that the Steelers could make it, you're not crazy. They could. An awful lot has to happen. And you can't win every game for the rest of the season until you win the next one. So forget looking at those other ones. Forget that they got Baltimore on the schedule two more times, which is the only team with a winning record they have left on the schedule at this time, I should say. Um, for, forget that they you know, they host them next week. That's, that's, that's a whole different thing. It's all about this week and getting this win because if you don't get the next one, the one after it doesn't matter. So that's where it sits with the Steelers. They're tied with the Browns at four and seven behind Baltimore and Cincinnati at seven and four. Now, could could Baltimore and Cincinnati falter down the stretch and and the AFC North come back um, in you know as a possibility is come back into play? It's yeah. I mean, look, Baltimore lost what their last five games of the season last year. Do I do I think they're going to repeat that? No, I'm not saying they will, but it's just showing that these things are possible, but. It's not all about the Steelers. It would be a lot of other things having to happen, and the Steelers should just be worried about what they can control. So that's the implications of this game for the Steelers. Now some things to look for. The Atlanta Falcons have a huge rushing attack. They are, I think, next to last or last in passing, but they are fourth in the NFL in rushing. So 
the Steelers, the strongest ranking they have in the NFL for the season is their rush defense. They are sixth. And that really made an improvement over the last you know, five or six weeks with, with them really jumping up there because it didn't start off that way for the Steelers. If you look at the Steelers since the bye, um, was it Football Outsiders, their DVOA stat? I saw this on, on social media on Saturday that the Steelers are actually top 10, both offense and defense, since their bye. So they're a team that's improving. They've got to keep to improve because if the Steelers are a team that's on the right, it doesn't matter that the numbers were so bad early in the season. All that matters is that they're, is that they're rolling through this part. And that's what I want to see for the Steelers. They also have some things stacked up against them. They're going on a short week. They had one last day of preparation because they played on Monday Night Football. Not only did they play on Monday Night Football, they had to travel home from Indianapolis after the Monday football game, and then they had to go on the road again by leaving on Saturday evening. You know, back-to-back road games, you know, kind of kind of put you a little bit disadvantaged travel-wise, then take a day away, that's big. I hope with the Steelers and a rookie quarterback that that doesn't come back to really be a factor, but it could be. We won't know until we actually see the game play out. So remember that. Um, so... So we'll see if if there's some continued improvement with the Steelers' offense. Man, I would love to see them do something in the third quarter because they haven't scored a point in the third quarter since since the bye. I don't know if they did before the bye, but I can tell you since the bye when they've been playing better, they still haven't scored a point in the third quarter because they were tied at 10 at halftime with the Saints. They were tied at 10 entering the fourth quarter, but they scored early in the fourth quarter. They scored, The Steelers scored on a drive, their first drive of the fourth quarter. This past week, it started in the third quarter, started not good in the, in the fourth quarter. They ran two plays, gained one yard, started the fourth quarter, third and nine. Made the conversion, had a penalty on it as well for roughing the passer, drove down the field, scored the go-ahead and game-winning touchdown. Um, so... I'd like for them to get over that mental block of the third quarter. Uh, The defense, they just, to me, it's it's about stopping the run. Stop the run, and the Falcons are going to struggle. Stop the run, and the Falcons are going to struggle. Okay, you don't have to stop. Just contain the run. Contain the run. Put the Falcons in a situation where they have to pass, not just by stopping the run, but also by the offense putting the pressure on on the Falcons offense by the Steelers putting points on the board. Even better than last game. A lot of people are like, oh, great, 16 points in the first half. That was three field goals and one touchdown. To me, if you're going to get four scores, you'll want at least, at least half of them as touchdowns. So whether the Steelers get, even if they only get, let's say they get three scores, as long as you got over half of them as touchdowns, they're still better off. Two touchdowns and a field goal, 17 points, big difference, you know? Um, so take advantage of any anything you can get. They, I feel the Steelers left a little bit on the table last week with that. It didn't ultimately hurt them, although they did lose the lead. It didn't ultimately hurt them because they got the victory. I don't want to see that being something that could hurt them later. So finish off the drives, put the Falcons in a, in a worse situation to where they have to pass the ball. X-Factors. I know Jeff Hartman, he's going with Kenny Pickett for the X-Factor on offense this week because he doesn't know, you know, banged up running backs, what's going to happen. Um, so he wants to see, make sure that everything's going on there. Um, I, I think the running backs will be all right. 
We'll see how it how it plays out with the with who with the division of labor. Uh, don't want to see guys going down in game. If you have multiple running backs going down in game, you're going to be in trouble. So there's there's that one. My X factor. I'm actually going with Cam Hayward. Cam Hayward did not have a very good performance last week. That's two times in a row that he has not had a good performance against the Colts. You know, going up against Quentin Nelson, one of the best there is in the NFL. Um, Cam struggled last week. He struggled the last matchup against the Colts. Dominated the one before. Dominated the you know that's going back to 2019 where he dominated that one. So that's always been a, a, a cool matchup to watch. But because Cam didn't have the strongest game last week and the Steelers need to stop the run, I'm looking for Cam Hayward to step up, have you know, have a bounce-back game, and really help bottle up the run game of the Falcons um, in order for the Steelers to have success. Whew, so there you go. Make sure you are checking out all of our podcasts. We will have the post-game show with myself, Jeff, and Brian. Then we are rolling right into a normal schedule uh, because, it, you know, when it's a game from Sunday to Sunday, that's what we like to see. So we'll have the Steelers hangover live on YouTube Monday. We'll have our – the Jeff Hartman will have his winners and losers on Let's on a regular Let's Ride on Monday. You'll have Bad Language Monday at noon. All those shows rolling into what we normally get in a week. If you are, if you're catching this one and you've got some time before kickoff and you haven't caught up, definitely make sure you, you check out at least from Friday. You know, if you didn't catch the last Let's Ride or if you didn't catch the the Steelers pregame show with uh, Brian and Kevin, make sure you don't miss that. There was no state of the Steelers on Saturday because Daniel J pulled off. Pulled a Minka Fitzpatrick. He had an emergency appendectomy. I think it was on Thursday. Uh, yeah, it was on Thursday because he was watching the preview from the hospital. So we said, unlike Minka, we're going to give you the next one off. <laughs> so, well, no, technically Minka had the day after off, but he was right back the next week. So uh, m- maybe that's what we should expect from Daniel, right back the next week. But there's still, there was still a we run the North. You had touchdown under, you had six back with Tony. If you haven't caught any of those, go ahead and, and catch up. And of course, make sure you're checking out behind the steel curtain.com. Your one stop shop for all things Pittsburgh Steelers. I'll have the inactives for you uh, pretty close after 1130 as soon as the Steelers announce them. And then we'll be rolling into this game. I'm excited. I want to see the Steelers stack wins. I feel that they can. I have this game as more of a low scoring game. The, no, I didn't. No, I didn't. Not as much of a low-scoring game as last time. I think I had them slightly on the over. I think I, I actually had the Steelers winning this game by more than one score. They have not done that for a while. I'd love to see them do it. Um, I'm hopeful. I'm hopeful, and I, I really want to see them stack some wins. So uh, all we can do now is wait until kickoff, and as we always say, to finish this out, go Steelers. Steelers.